The Athletic Podcast Network is supported by the Quip Electric Toothbrush, the Tesla of toothbrushes. Most people's oral care habits could be better. We often brush for less than two minutes and use old, worn-out bristles. Quip makes having a fresh, healthy mouth easy and convenient. Their electric toothbrush pulses every 30 seconds, so you can clean your mouth evenly, and they deliver brush head refills every three months, like dentists recommend. Get your first refill free at getquip.com slash listen. That's getquip.com slash listen. Welcome back to the Dunks and Dimes Fantasy Hoops podcast here on Friday, February 14th. That's right. Love is in the air. It is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. Uh, we are here uh, to give you some love for your fantasy hoops roster. And to do that, I am joined, as always, by Eric Wong, our go-to guy. Uh, I am Brandon Funston, your host. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter, at Brandon Funston. You can follow Eric at Roto Evil on Twitter as well. And, of course, uh, our fantastic producer, Derek Van Riper, will have our podcast ready to go and out on the Twitter sphere at the athletic FS. So be sure to follow that and make sure you don't miss. And as soon as our uh, podcast goes live. Uh, and if you would like a subscription to the athletic um, to get all the great things that the athletic has to offer, uh, go to the athletic.com backslash dunks and dives. You can get 40% off a subscription, which will allow you to also check out all the other great NBA podcasts, including no dunks back to back, Hoops Adjacent with David Aldridge and The Daily Ding, and a lot of great NBA podcasts as well. And this week, Eric wrote a column that had to do with uh, risers and fallers, basically top guys to trade right now, buy low, sell high. Uh, also, a lot of guys out there on the waiver wire that might be available for you. So we're going to dive into that, Eric. But first, uh, there's a few pretty big names that are banged up. I noticed uh, just looking at the, the latest news um damian lillard paul george carl anthony towns these are guys that are kind of hobbled at the moment and i guess it's kind of a good time to be hobbled as they got about a week off they come back to play next thursday of course this weekend is the all-star game so uh eric before we kind of dive into what you wrote about this week on the athletic i wanted to go over some of these players and just get your quick takes not expected to be big injuries but we'll start with damian lillard in Portland, who's been on an absolute roll, and he's got a groin injury right now, says, you know, the latest is he's expected to miss maybe a couple weeks. So I just wanted to ask you, you know, is there a short-term opportunity for someone here on the on the Blazers roster with Lillard out uh, to maybe, you know, for fantasy owners to maybe take a quick advantage of? Yeah, I was uh, watching that game when he got hurt. is really uh, tough to see him go down right before the All-Star game. He's not going to play in that or the three-point contest now and uh, hopefully he'll heal up and uh, not miss too much time after the break but definitely we'll see if Fanfrey Simons can step up now he is a guy that uh, got off to a nice start early in the season and has been pretty kind of uh, non-existent and not shot the ball well since then but had his best game in a long time on Wednesday Scored 22 points on 6 of 7 shooting from deep with 7 rebounds in 28 minutes of action. And uh, he should be seeing over 30 minutes per game with Lillard out. And of course, uh, that just puts more responsibility on CJ McCollum's shoulders. 
and we know McCollum is capable of stepping up, and Carmelo coming off a terrible 1 of 15 shooting night. Definitely uh, he'll welcome the extra shot attempts as well, and uh, maybe that 1 of 15 shooting is the result of him uh, being kind of tired heading into the break, but he should be rejuvenated after some extra rest, and I think uh, he'll start to pick up his play. But yeah, definitely Simons is an interesting pickup now, and uh, Gary Trent Jr. has had some big scoring games lately as well, so he's a guy to watch closely. Yeah, I noticed Trent, um, you know, somebody you mentioned in your column this week, and I think maybe he, he let that go to his head because he's had like two or three bad games in a row. I saw him surfacing on the, like on the most dropped list, uh, this morning on Yahoo. Um, but he up to this, these last couple of games had been on kind of a nice roll, but maybe while Lillard's out, you wouldn't want to cut loose on Trent just yet. Uh, so we'll see on that. Um, Another name, and this one might be a little bit more concerning, is Paul George. He suffered a, a setback with his hamstring, and he's kind of been dealing with his hamstring a lot this year. And you just worry, you know, because it doesn't go away uh, if this is going to be something that's going to continue to plague him into the, you know, the second half of the season. Where are you at on Paul George? Paul George owners should be very concerned with this. Uh, again, uh, the All Star break should help some of these guys, but uh, considering how how uh, they've treated Kawhi and Paul George this season, holding them out of games, especially back-to-backs. They're going to be very careful with George, and their focus is on the postseason, but at the same time, the Clippers you know, do want a top-four seed to have at least home court advantage in the first round because having to face either Utah, Houston, even OKC or Dallas in the first round if you don't have home court advantage is, is a tough challenge, and so... I think uh, this should help out Kawhi Leonard owners. Obviously, uh, it's been tough having Leonard sit out back-to-backs, but the Clippers only have a few of those back-to-backs left after the All-Star break, and that uh, should help propel Leonard to some some very big games when Paul George doesn't play. And then um, that helps Marcus Morris a ton as well, the new uh, pickup who has played pretty well. Not gotten quite as many shot attempts as he got in New York, but still making those threes and uh, doing some damage, and uh, that should definitely help him out. Maybe, maybe Landry Shamit as well to get some extra minutes for him. Yeah, I mean, it's too bad that it, you say only a few back-to-backs, and that would have been nice for Paul George owners too if he were healthy because, you know, both of these guys, uh, you know, aren't exactly Ironmen this year, and it would be nice to see a lot more of Kawhi and Paul George playing together. Um, and I'm sure it's something that they want going into the into the playoffs. As you mentioned, there's a couple uh, potential pitfalls. It's a pretty, pretty strong West, so... Um, yeah, hopefully this Paul George injury doesn't uh, continue to linger. He can sit out and, and come back and be healthy the rest of the way. Uh, some positive news maybe on the on the net side of things. Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving is uh, expected to practice after the break. Um, do you are you are you expecting Kyrie to hit the ground running coming into the second half? And if so, who is going to be affected by that on the Nets roster? Right, I'm sure it's a, it's a situation where if he is playing, then he's going to be feeling pretty good about himself, so he should go back to being his usual Kyrie. But at the same time, since he's had a couple um, serious injuries with the shoulder and this the knee scare seems like it was uh, not too big of a deal, but uh, could turn into something if he were to tweak it. And so I'd be a little bit careful uh, 
about that if I uh, were the Nets and Irving himself. Uh, he's definitely got to put his long-term health first, and uh, so I, I'm not sure if he's in the clear just yet, but definitely is going to affect Spencer Dimwitty and Karis LeVert. LeVert is a guy that uh, I've hyped up uh, a few times, and uh, he finally got it going recently, has had some really big games, and he's definitely more comfortable with the ball in his hands, getting to be a playmaker instead of standing in the corner when Kyrie's in the game. And so uh, that definitely affects him uh, a lot, and we'll see if he can uh, keep it going and how good uh, Kyrie looks when he comes back. Yeah, and, you know, another another injury, back to the injury. So um, Carl, Anthony ha- Carl Anthony Towns is dealing with a wrist injury. He's expected to miss a few games after the break. And uh, I think you had mentioned uh, – that James Johnson was a guy that had been playing well for them. They just acquired him. And now it sounds like he was going to be filling in at the center spot with cat out. Uh, so why don't you, I don't, we'll see how many games this ends up being. Um, but while cats out, uh, you know, how do you see this roster shaking out? You got Johnson at the center. Right, Johnson started last game, played 32 minutes, still probably available in a lot of leagues because he only scored five points, and that's kind of the thing that a lot of people look at is just the the scoring number first, right? But he did chip in. Uh, He's always been a kind of well-rounded player and not a major offensive threat. Chipped in with five rebounds, five assists, three steals, and three blocks, and he's definitely more of a defensive force. And You have to like that uh, nice combo of rebounds and assists as well. And so uh, if, you, if you're looking for those intangible floor stats, uh, he can help you out, but, but not much scoring. And uh, offensively, it seems to be helping out Juancho Hernan Gomez, who's been starting for them at Power Forward since they acquired him from Denver. And he's averaging 15 points per game over the last three. And, of course, Towns missed two of those, and Russell missed one of those. So extra shot attempts, and he's been taking advantage of that. I'm just curious if you're the T-Wolves, how do you play this? They have a protected first-round pick that's top three protected. So, like, do you think at some point if Towns is dealing with this injury and it's kind of lingering that they would get into shutdown mode and kind of really go for making sure that they can get, uh, you know, like really good odds at a top three pick? Or do you think their motivation is to be as good as they can be so that the pick they give up to the Warriors is something that's maybe, you know, further, further down in the top 10. Right. I suppose if uh, they could get, uh, pile up some more losses, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. And, uh, considering how they, how long they kept towns out earlier in the season, you definitely have to be worried about that. If you're a towns owner, uh, it's kind of tough, uh, I'm not sure if anyone's going to give up much to get him now, so you just have to kind of cross your fingers and hope he doesn't miss too much time. But, yeah, that's definitely a big concern, I would say, for Towns owners. Well, we're going to talk about guys that you you would say are are ripe to trade away, and you don't have Carl Anthony Towns in there, obviously, but I'm wondering if he if he does come back after missing a few games and he plays really well, would he be a guy that you would maybe try to be be shopping with the potential of there being a shutdown for him you know, late in the season? Yeah, he could be he could be a good uh, candidate to trade if he comes back and has uh, some strong games. Okay, yeah, something to think about, anyways. Um, 
Another another something to think about is Jay Crowder. Uh, he I just was looking at the Yahoo Most Added Players list today, and he's been on top of it. And I I know that you talked about him in um in the guys the players that are rising that are out there and available in thirty three percent of Yahoo leagues or less. I think Crowder's now over that. He's played well enough that he's now over that uh, mark. But uh, what do you what are you seeing out of Jay Crowder in his new uh, Miami Heat environment? Yeah, he's definitely fitting in in Miami. They were hoping for a big, uh, big forward who's defensively versatile and can make threes. And he's definitely fitting that mold, pulling in uh, lots of rebounds and making his shots. So definitely fitting in nicely and a very, very strong ad in most leagues, I would say. Yeah, he's kind of a you, you know what you're getting with Jay Crowder. He's been around the league a long time. Um, I just want to, and and it's like you said, it's you're probably. With a good fit, you're getting the best of Jay Crowder, uh, but you know the limited upside, limited downside. He's just kind of one of those guys that's uh, sort of a glue guy in your fantasy roster. But I want to look at a couple of the other most added guys and get your takes on them. Uh, first of all, Jordan Clarkson, kind of the same thing. We know what Jordan Clarkson is when he gets some minutes. He can put in the points. Doesn't have a great all around uh, fantasy game, it seems like. But uh, is there more to it with Jordan Clarkson than that? Just minutes equals points and we'll fill in a, in a few other spots, but it's really all about playing time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Clarkson can get, can get plenty of points even, even in when he's playing in the low twenties, but if he's playing over 25 minutes per game, then he can actually get a chance to chip in with some, some rebounds and assists as well. He's actually been decent in that department lately, but of course that's related to uh, Mike Conley missing games. I guess they wanted to get him some extra rest heading into the break. So it, it really depends on if Conley is going to continue to miss games or not. When Conley's healthy and Clarkson is playing uh, under 25, he's he's less reliable, but still can give you those points and threes. And Conley had started to dig himself out of a pretty big hole, a pretty big early season hole. It seemed like he was coming around a little bit there. So, um, yeah, it could be a downturn in Clarkson's minutes uh, fairly soon. Uh, another guy that's kind of high on the list is Jabari Parker uh, with the Sacto Kings, uh, who was injured. But uh, people apparently are eager to get him going because uh, he was number three on the most ads list. Uh, you got any explanation for that? Right, that's definitely related to Marvin Bagley saying he's not sure if he's going to play at all this season and uh, Rashawn Holmes still being injured for them. And so he has a chance to definitely step in and play big minutes if if he can get healthy. And so that's just uh, I, that's why I didn't mention him in, him in the article is because he's not healthy and I want to see him get back on the court. It's been a long time since he played. But as we saw early in the season, when uh, John Collins was suspended, he's very capable of stuffing the stat sheet. So definitely uh, Parker's a guy to look at if he comes back right after the break and puts up a big game, then he'd be a strong ad. Yeah, and he's a guy that spent a lot of times in the training room during his NBA career, for sure. Uh, and one final guy, uh, Nicolo Melli, Mealy? I don't know how you pronounce his last name. I just know that he's replacing DeAndre Ayton on the uh, on the world team for the Rising Stars Challenge that's happening tonight. And he's also a guy that is rising in fantasy ownership. 
Uh, he's fourth on the list of most ads today. Uh, what do you what do you see in this guy? Uh, what do you see his place in the Pelicans lineup? Seems like there's a lot of guys on the Pelicans that are interesting. Uh, you know, obviously there's Brandon Gra- Brandon Ingram's and the Zion Williamson's, but there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting guys around them, and and sometimes guys like uh, Nic- Nicolo Melli pop up. Right, uh, definitely he's gotten some extra minutes with Brandon Ingram being hurt, but I, I don't think it's a serious injury for Ingram because he's still scheduled to play in the All-Star game. At least he wasn't replaced, I don't believe. So, uh, yeah, I'm not recommending Melly because uh, Ingram should be back and that'll kind of kill his value. Okay, so some guys that you are recommending um... – you know, you. I think it was ten guys that you threw out in in this latest column. Players rising, they're solid ads in competitive leagues owned in less than thirty three percent of Yahoo leagues. I mentioned Jay Crowder, who is up over that threshold now. But why don't you go over some of your other favorites that are kind of, you know, available in roughly two thirds or more of Yahoo leagues out there that you can go out and get. Right. So a couple of uh, young guards that I mentioned were Kobe White. And Malik Monk, um, especially if you play in weekly leagues, um, Kobe White is a nice pickup right now because Chicago is the only team that plays three games right after the All-Star break. And uh, White has kind of been coming on because of all the injuries Chicago has. He's coming off one of his finer games, uh, 14 points, five rebounds, seven assists last Tuesday, and then also had a nine-assist game the week before that. So he's definitely starting to chip in with some other stats besides his scoring and he still is going to hurt you a lot with his shooting shooting just 37 percent on the year and I don't think he's been uh over 40 percent from the field in any month this season or much higher than that so you probably only want to go after him if you're already tanking that category or your team's really hurting in that category and you can afford to take the hit there and then uh, Malik Monk uh, is a guy that Charlotte is finally ramping up his playing time and he's starting to produce. And it's a situation where the Hornets need to see if uh, Monk fits into their long-term plans or not. So they're going to give him a, a good look down the stretch to see what he can do. So he's definitely worth watching if you need some guard stats. What about, uh, I know a guy that's definitely in the plans for the Cavs is is Kevin Porter Jr. And, you know, he's uh I believe he only played one year at USC. He's a skinny guy. He looks like he's right out of high school. He needs, you know, he needs time to develop. But they're giving him playing time now, and he was on your list. And the points are coming. Um, but uh, what else do you like about Kevin Porter? Yeah, I like Porter's game. He definitely has uh, more of a refined game than you would expect for a guy that is uh, still a teenager. He's still nineteen, very young, but. Uh, Definitely has shown that he can score at the NBA level, averaging over 15 points a game over his last eight games, and uh, very efficient, too. Uh, That's on nearly 52% shooting from the field. His threes have been falling. He's not a high-volume outside shooter, but he's definitely getting it done and being selective with his shots. And, yeah, he's a guy that I... I dropped uh, Chetty Osman in some leagues, but I, I kept uh, Kevin Porter after the trade deadline, and I think I'm happy about that. Uh, he's a guy that should get plenty of looks down the stretch. 
Yeah, he's a he's a talented dude, and in you know dynasty leagues, a guy that uh, you know has even more value because I think his you know I'm with you. He's a talented guy, and I think his star should just continue to be on the rise. Um, so last week you did a marathon chat and and helped you know answer questions for the NBA trade deadline, and one guy that I remember you being high on because people were asking you know Golden State shook up their roster, made the Wiggins deal. Um, but was like, okay, in the aftermath, who is going to, you know, benefit from that? And you were big on Damian Lee. You had him on your list of guys to go out and get. Uh, he's had, a, I believe, a couple games at least since the trade deadline. And one of them was a 26-point effort down to just 10 uh, the last time out, but over 30 minutes in both of those. So you're still feeling uh, just as strongly about Damian Lee, I'm guessing? Yeah, definitely. If he's getting over 30 minutes a game, uh, when he gets hot from outside, he can uh – Definitely fill up the, the stat sheet, and uh, he's a d- pretty decent rebounder too for a swingman, and so uh, very solid add in deeper competitive leagues. And another guy that I mentioned in the column was uh, Kyle Anderson. Not much of a score, but can give you some rebounds and assists. Uh, added him in a few leagues, but uh, probably liking James Johnson more, especially with the Towns injury. So he's a guy that you would go after James Johnson first, but if Johnson's gone, then maybe give Kyle Anderson a look if you're looking for some similar stats. And then your last guy was Chandler Hutchinson. You're like, if you can't get any of these other guys, Chandler Hutchinson's the guy to to look at. You still you still kind of feeling that? Yeah, just just because the Bulls have been so depleted by injuries, and we'll see uh, which of their guys come back first. You have uh, Lowry Markinen still on the shelf. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. has been out for a while. Otto Porter Jr. has been out for a long time. And it'll be interesting because whichever those guys comes back first, uh, Chris Dunn uh, as well as is hurt right now. Whichever those guys comes back first, if the other guys are still hurt, is uh, going to put up some some big-time stats. But until then, Chandler Hutchinson is getting over 30 minutes a game, and he's a pretty talented player. I don't think his ceiling is that high, but he should have a, a long NBA career, I think, and uh, definitely worth a look in, in deep, deep leagues if all those other guys are gone. All right, so those are the guys you you go out when you need a little extra help in in certain categories. But sometimes uh, the help you need is not available on the waiver wire, and you have to go out and make a deal. And so one of the things you talked about in your column was uh, the guys that you should go out and try to get right now because they're you know for whatever reasons things are starting to trend in the right direction and you don't expect it to, to slow down anytime soon. So uh, why don't you go over, you know, uh, the four guys that you've kind of targeted as prime. Uh, I don't know if you call them buy low, but just prime, prime trade targets at this moment. Right. Definitely cannot really call these guys buy low cause they are playing really well right now and it's going to take a lot to get them. But what I said is that I'd be willing to to give up two very good guys or give up a lot to to get these guys just so they can carry you down the stretch. Because in fantasy, uh, that's what happens a lot of times is guys close out the season strong and they kind of carry fantasy teams to the titles. So the guys I mentioned were Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Ben Simmons, and Chris Paul. And uh, before I talked about those guys, I mentioned that uh, – Damian Lillard, who would probably have been number one, 
I figured I wouldn't even include him because I don't think uh, Lillard owners would even entertain trade offers. But now it's pretty interesting that he's injured. Maybe someone uh, is a little bit scared and cautious and maybe Lillard is attainable now. So you could add him to the list as well because he's going to do everything he can to carry Portland into the playoffs. I was just going to say that. Sorry to interrupt. I was like, man, this would be the great time to go after him. Someone getting scared. Like if, unless it's a really serious injury, I would expect Lillard to, to, you know, rest it until it's ready to go and then just come back full force. And you don't have to worry about Portland, you know, kind of, you know, shutting people down or anything like that. So he seems like this is maybe your one opportunity to go after Lillard. Oh yeah, definitely. The, the only concern there is if, if they're not winning games and he is playing kind of playing through injury that they could shut him down because I mean, I was expecting Portland to to win that eighth spot, but Memphis is not going away. They're eight and two over their last 10 games. And, um, Portland is now four games back out of the eighth spot. So, uh, Definitely, they're going to need, he's going to need uh, McCollum to carry that team until he comes back, and we'll see if they can hang in there and stay close to Memphis. Yeah, and, uh, and it doesn't sound like Nurkic is as far along as many people thought he would be going into the season. They, people had kind of circled the all-star break, and it sounds like you know it's going to take him a little bit more time. Of course, that gives that, that gives that lineup a boost, but as you mentioned, it could be that if they stay like you know four or five, six games back and you get towards the end of the year, then yeah, maybe you know, maybe when it becomes like fantasy you know championship or playoff time, uh, you know that could be that could be the fly in the ointment for Portland. But why don't why don't we talk about Russell Westbrook? As you mentioned, him he's uh, been been outstanding since uh, they made the Capella move. Yeah, he's been putting up huge numbers, and you know one the the trade that they made surprised a lot of people, and uh, you had to kind of scratch your head and and wonder how it was going to work out. But after watching them play, you can see that the the trade was mostly made to to help out Russ and to maximize Westbrook's strengths and there that's definitely happening for him he's putting up a ton of points very been very efficient from the field not settling for three point shots you know Houston's MO is to to launch threes but if you have Westbrook as the main guy attacking and the other guy is shooting threes that's very dangerous because the paint is wide open without Capella in there clogging it up and so definitely like that that move for Houston, at least from an offensive standpoint for helping out Westbrook. I'm, I'm still not sure if that's uh, going to be a winning formula in the playoffs, but if you're a Westbrook owner, you don't really care about that and just have to uh, reap the benefits. So if you can somehow trade for Westbrook, uh, there are very few players who I see finishing the season stronger than him. What, so I know you have some PJ Tucker out there. It doesn't seem like it's been working out too well for him so far. I noticed him on the, uh, you know, among the most dropped guys. Uh, he hasn't had a great, you know, week or two since this deal happened. Um, you think that's just going to kind of swing back around though, and he'll be all right? Yeah, he's been struggling for a while now with this shot, but I think that's uh, partly a case of uh, Houston playing him so many minutes to start the season. Um, Plus the fact that he's having a bang against these bigger players every night and on a nightly basis, he's basically guarding someone bigger than him. And uh, that's got to take its toll. So the All-Star break couldn't have come at a better time for him. Hopefully he'll come out and uh, after the break and go back to his uh, better shooting ways. 
All right. Well, let's go to Bradley Beal, who, you know, you, you know, he's kind of, kind of, he had kind of most of the first half's been a little bit rough for him, you know, and then, you know, kind of the, the knock on him is it's sort of like sometimes disinterested till towards the end and, and really not always kind of, uh, you know, playing with what you would see as his best efforts. Um, but you're you've come full circle on him. It looks like with uh, you know as as a guy that you're saying go ahead and trade for him now. Yeah, it's uh, the Wizards definitely been coming on. They're six and four over their last ten games, and they're only three spots behind Orlando for the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, and Orlando is three and seven over their last ten games, and they're by no means uh, a lock to wrap up that up that seed. They're you know young team themselves and don't really have uh, that star this a player with the same star power as Beal so Beal could carry uh, the Wizards on his back into that eighth seed and he should be very motivated especially after not making the all-star team I think he felt like he was deserving at least and uh, definitely like Beal to to help carry teams down the stretch and uh, happy to have him on a few teams so uh if you can get in the offer and trade for Beal, that would help out your team as well. Yeah, and Ben Simmons is another guy you have mentioned uh, talking about motivation for making the playoffs. You have you you showed I didn't even realize how bad Philly's been on the road, but you mentioned Philly being motivated to get one of those top four spots, get a get a first round uh, uh, home home court advantage, and uh, you see that as a driving motivational factor for Philly. And Ben Simmons seems uh, to be on board with that because he's been playing very well of late. Yeah, Simmons has definitely been more aggressive, and you like to see that. And yeah, the the home road split stats for Philly are crazy. I didn't really realize that either. But they're 25-2 and two at home, the best home record in the league, uh, and a terrible 9 and 19 on the road if you compare that to the bucks Milwaukee's 25 and 3 at home but 21 and 5 on the road and uh that's definitely a sign of a, a strong team is that they can win on the road so you have to wonder what's going on with Philly and if those uh young guys are maybe partying a little too much when they're on the road uh, that's good. Well, so you don't have to worry about Chris Paul being a young guy wanting to party. He's been around for a while, but uh, you like him as as your final kind of superstar to trade for. Yeah, I mean, it's a guy that got off to a strong start for the Thunder, but people weren't really sure if uh, they would be able to maintain it, if they'd be able to stay in that playoff race, and they're just continuing to get the job done. Right now, they're tied for the the sixth spot with Dallas at uh, 33 and 22 and they're pretty much locked into the playoffs at this point they're they're quite a ways ahead of Memphis for that that eighth spot so they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs and Paul has made the playoffs uh I believe every at least 12 of his last 13 seasons and maybe just one other year he didn't make it so uh you know Paul is used to playing in the playoffs and likes the fact that he's carried this uh young uh underrated underappreciated thunder team that far and uh his health looks fine right now and so he's coming on strong and should close out the season nicely i'm shocked man i I mean going into the year i just thought okay health wise motivation wise you know i just thought it wasn't going to go well for chris paul and that for sure he would be a guy that you know would would 
probably be moving on somewhere at the at the trade deadline and none of that's happened you've kind of been in on Chris Paul doing well and playing well you know pretty early in the season and uh you expect it to continue and I guess why not at this point he's been he's been solid so let's say you don't really have like maybe you can't you have a roster you can't really see yourself uh logistically making us a trade for a superstar Maybe give me uh, four other guys that you they're they're lesser you know lesser cachet that you could go after. I, I you mentioned them in the column. It's uh, Namaja Bialika, R.J. Barrett, Michael Bridges, and really Hachimura. How would you how would you prioritize those guys if you had to set a hierarchy of those four? Who would you who would you be looking at first? Well, I'd put uh, Bialica first just because he's been so solid this season. Very efficient offensive player who can get some rebounds as well, points and threes, and definitely the uh, same thing as the reasons to target Jabari Parker is that Bagley sounds like he's going to be out for the rest of the season, and Rashawn Holmes is still hurting. So Bielitsa is probably the most uh, reliable of that group, and we'll see if uh, Jabari Parker cuts into his, his playing time and production, though. But definitely like him the most, and then probably put... Um, Bridges and Hachimura after that. Uh, Michael Bridges, guy that was not playing much to start the season and was uh, kind of struggling to figure out his role. But Phoenix has really increased his minutes, and uh, he's producing, doesn't score a ton, but kind of chips in all across the board. And definitely if Aiton is going to miss some more time, then that would give him even more playing time. And then uh, Hachimura, definitely like him. Uh, to close out the season strong, he's had some some big scoring games since coming back, and Washington will definitely want to try to uh, give him as much on court uh, on court time as much as possible to speed up his uh, development process. And um, he's playing pretty well, and especially with Thomas Bryant hurting, and that's opens up more time in the front court for him to play. And then lastly, uh, R.J. Barrett, still tough to trust any of those Knicks, and especially Barrett has struggled so much as a rookie. But you figure uh, he's a guy that should play better in the second half, and one thing I mentioned is to watch how he plays in the uh, Rising Stars game, see if that he can use that as a springboard. I've kind of seen some other players do that, uh, playing well in the Rising Stars, and then kind of carrying that extra confidence, newfound confidence into the second half of the season. Yeah, confidence is a thing in basketball, man. I know I play I play basketball my whole life, and uh, you know confidence can make you a lot better player if you got it going for you. So uh, that'll be interesting to watch. Let's quickly go through the guys that uh, you would say now would be a good time to trade them away. Maybe they have some value. I know uh, you mentioned Rashawn Holmes uh, is one of the guys. Inez Cantor in, in Boston, he's already being dropped a bit. So maybe let's talk about the the bigger names you got here: Malcolm Brogdon, Clint Capella, and DeAndre Jordan. Right, Brogdon is a guy that uh, his stats are definitely starting to slip, and that's concerning just because Oladipo has been playing, but he's not necessarily been high usage yet. And so you figure Oladipo is going to want the ball in his hands more coming out of the break as he starts to get healthier and his minutes start to go up, in which case Brogdon's stats would suffer even more. And so, uh, yeah, definitely if you could attach someone to Brogdon in a two-for-one to try and get a, a very good player because Brogdon and stats still do look fine for the season and he still is a very good player. 
Clint Capella is a guy that uh, you need to be a lot more concerned about. However, we'll see if uh, he's able to return after the break or not. The last report I read is that he's hoping to return out of the All-Star break, but we'll see if that happens. The Hawks are going to be very careful with him since they don't really have an incentive to force guys to, to play when they're injured. And then DeAndre Jordan, I had mentioned him as kind of a sell high just because he was coming off uh, a couple back-to-back double-doubles, but that hadn't happened in a long time, and he still uh, can't be counted on for that. So the idea of trying to attach him to a two-for-one deal to try and get an upgrade there. Yeah, I think if you're a Brogdon owner, you got to look at it as you're playing with house money. The guy's been so much better than I think you could have even imagined uh, to this point when you drafted him. So um, there you go. I mean, he's definitely one that probably still has, uh, you know, you can probably throw him out there and get some people to really be interested. So uh, so there you go. Those are the guys that uh, Eric mentioned in his column this week. Of course, we encourage you to go and check it out and read in, in more depth about all these guys if you're interested. And... With that, Eric, we always talk about uh, at the end of our podcast the the weekend games to watch. You only got two weekend games to watch this weekend, Friday, which is today. Uh, tonight we have the USA versus the World and the Rising Stars Challenge, and then on Sunday we have Team Giannis versus Team LeBron in the actual All Star Game. So, uh, first of all, uh, what are your thoughts in general about the All Star Game? Are you, are you a guy that just loves to to watch all the stars play against each other? Um, I'll, I will say for myself that I'm not, just because I I hate the lack of defense. It's not as bad as the NFL Pro Bowl at this point. But if I had to rank, like you know, the the MLB All Star Game, the NBA All Star Game, and the NFL All Star Game, it's it's in the middle for me. Like the M- MLB All Star Game would be number one. Uh, but it is cool. It's a cool spectacle to see all those great players in, in one spot. Um, but what's your thoughts in general on the NBA All-Star Weekend? Well, for All-Star Weekend as a whole, I always get hyped up. And then I usually end up uh, it not living up to expectations and <laughs> coming away disappointed and a little disinterested for some of the stuff. But otherwise, I, I'm always hyped up for it. And uh kind of has special meaning to me because I remember when I was a little kid that's what got me into the NBA was watching the All-Star Weekend and the Slam Dunk Contest specifically Dominique Wilkins, Spud Webb, Michael Jordan going at it in the dunk contest and uh, that made me start to appreciate basketball and uh, so I'm always going to be tuning into All-Star Weekend. Um, One of the things that I've never understood is why guys are allowed to play in both the rising stars game and the actual all-star game. It doesn't make sense to me. Like if you make the all-star game, then why are you also playing in the rising stars game? Why not give someone else a chance to play in that game? And so this year we have that with Luca and Trey young, right? They're scheduled to play in both the rising stars tonight and the game on Sunday. I wonder, yeah. Do you think Luca will play a whole lot? In, in the Rising Stars game? I'm wondering if he'll get kind of, you know, just kind of uh, nominal minutes or something. But I, I'm I'm guessing he probably is like, play me as much as you want, right? Right. Well, for the real team to have a chance, Luca better be playing because they're, <laughs> they're definitely outmanned in terms of talent, uh, considering the uh, USA team has Trey Young, John Morant, Zion Williamson uh, at their disposal. And... Uh, yeah. More second-year players as well, it looks like. So uh, 
for their and road, that's the, for that road you team. Know, they're definitely uh, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like the rising star, you get a little bit more effort. Like this is a, you know, this is kind of a bigger, bigger stage for these guys to kind of show themselves as, you know, quote unquote rising star. So I feel like you get a little bit more of like a legit game than you do in the all-star game. But you mentioned the all-star game having a special place for you. It kind of does for me too. I, when I was a kid, I went to the one that was, uh, it at the Kingdom in Seattle. I'm out in the Northwest, and I remember I got some. I forget how we got the tickets, but I was sitting next to like behind the basket next to guys like Oscar Robertson and a bunch of like old school NBA personalities. And uh, it was the game that Tom Chambers, who was a Seattle Sonic at the time, won the MVP. And I'll never forget they get, they were interviewing afterwards, uh, you know, in front of the Kingdom crowd, and his quote was, "Today I'm the greatest." Uh, basketball player on the planet. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I was like, well, I guess you can. I guess you can say that you're the MVP of the NBA All Star Game. It gives you a little bit of, gives you a little bit of an argument for that. So, um, anything else you want to mention about the All Star Game weekend? You got to pick for the slam dunk contest. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. I mean, I think the consensus favorite is Derek Jones Jr. and he's definitely athletic freak and one of the best in game dunkers in the game today. But uh, he's got to come with the creativity because a lot of uh, the dunk contest is the creativity, and we've seen Aaron Gordon definitely has that. He should have he should have won that contest a few years back. I know people yeah. wanted to see the the Zach Levine Gordon rematch, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to come down to Gordon and Derek Jones. And then uh, three point contest field should be wide open. There's tons of good shooters in there. I'm not really sure who my pick is for that. Do you have a favorite for three point contest? I don't. It's so hard because it's just all about, you know, unlike the dunk contest where you have like, you know, a certain level of hops that you can, you, you know, you can tap into with the three point contest. They're all good shooters. And it's all just a matter of who's on that night, who's feeling it. Cause, you know, that's, it's usually the way it goes. You start making a couple and then you just, you, you know, you get in the zone. And so, uh, I, f- I would feel better about picking the dunk contest winner. And I'm, I'm with you. I think Derek Jones, uh, is probably, you know, it makes sense that he's a favorite. A friend of mine was was texting with me the other night. We have this text group of guys that like the NBA, and he sent out this video. And it was he was asking, "Who's this Derek Jones guy?" And he sent out the video, and it was I don't know if you saw it. So one where he I think he grabbed it left handed off of like a a rebound or an alley oop, but he wasn't close to the basket. But it was almost like the John Moran thing, where it was just impressive, even though he didn't you know he didn't actually dunk it. This one was like he kind of caught it so he was so high in the air and he and he caught it so high uh but he didn't actually dunk he just kind of came down and like slammed the ball towards the basket and he was probably a good foot away from the basket and it still went in um but even though it wasn't actually a real dunk it sort of almost looked like one and it was just an amazing feat of athleticism so um yeah it'll be fun to watch I think he was the second place he was a runner up in in one of the previous dunk contests wasn't he I forget. Uh, maybe a couple um, years ago. Yeah, I, I, I think I saw that somewhere. Anyways, uh, he should be in the mix there. That'll be fun to watch. I'm always, uh, I'm always willing to sit there and watch the dunk contest. So I'll for sure be checking that out. But uh, yeah, uh, I think that's going to be a wrap for this one. We'll let people, uh, you know, continue on with their Friday, enjoy their Valentine's Day. We wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day. Uh, much love. And uh, we will be back around uh, same time next Friday. So until then, enjoy the All-Star Game. Enjoy Valentine's Day. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week.